Sunday 2022, somebody. Come on. Hey, you're in the right place. You're in the right place. There's a lot of people today that is going to show up at some place. They're going to turn on their TV or maybe they're showing up to a specific place, maybe a, a stadium. And they're going to show up to praise some people carrying this ball around before they've ever praised the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I thank God that you're in the house here today because you're like, I'm going to praise God before I ever go praise man. Right? I'm going to keep it in perspective. I'm going to praise God above it, praise or anything else in Jesus' name. Amen. Right? So you're in the right place on a great Sunday, known as Super Bowl Sunday across the world. But a Super Bowl is going down every Sunday right here at Pearl Street Church. So, hey, you're in the right place. So good to have everybody. If you're new and you're visiting, welcome to Pearl Street Church. We love seeing unchurched people that are far from God, whether they've never known them, de-church, whatever it is. We love people coming back to their faith in Jesus and growing in their faith, not just knowing, but growing. And so you're in the right place at the right time, 2022 vision. If you're new, you're like, Psh, right place, right time, because you can run with this vision, all right? So let's go ahead. Let's move on. You can sit down, say hi to somebody on your way down as these guys transition off, transition in. Sorry that we were slightly late. Sorry we were slightly late getting you guys in here. Um, I talked for too long, just to be honest. I just... I talked too long, and it just didn't finish on time, so that's my bad, and guess what? I'm going to talk fast this time so that I finish on time. They don't have the same problem next service, so, uh, but man, it is 2022 Vision Sunday. The beautiful thing is, is that we do this every single year for the purpose that you can be clear on where we're going and what we're called to do this next year, what, we, what we're praying for, what we want to see God do. If you were here last year, you know the, the, the word for the year was what? One, two, three remnant. That's right. We will be a remnant uh, of people that remain uncompromised to culture, carrying the truth of Jesus uh, or truth of the gospel into the world, right? And a compromised people uh, uh, won't live with conviction to do that. So remnant was last year. Do you remember 2022, what our word was? All in, baby. All in. Hey, man, if you were here in 2020, um, February-ish, I don't remember the exact day, the word was all in. Now, what happened that year? A massive pandemic hit the world that required us to be all in, right? <laughs> it's pretty interesting that the prophetic word spoken out of prayer is exactly what God does in the years that he, he drops them on us. Here's the beauty of Pearl Street Church. We've never, in the history of our church, not been growing, ever. Even through a pandemic, Growing like leaps and bounds, advancements, God's doing things, God's bringing people into the mix. For seven and a half years, or seven and three quarters of years now, we're coming up on May 1st, we're going to celebrate our anniversary, eighth anniversary, but we've never not been growing. And the beauty of that is when we stay faithful and obedient to whatever God is saying, and then we run with it. Habakkuk 2, Habakkuk 2 says this, right? We can read this, and this is a key scripture we use uh, for when it comes to vision, I'll give you some context for it. It says this, then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. Now, what is Habakkuk saying inside of here? Habakkuk is having this problem where he's like, uh, God, why are the Jewish people struggling? Why are we facing this? Why are we living in this? Why have you allowed us to be given over to occupation? Why have you allowed us to be you know, our land to be taken over. And God's like, okay, cool. Here's the deal. What I need you to do is go grab something, write it down. I'm going to make it really plain for you so that you, what I tell you, you can run with it to tell everybody else. 
And we use this in vision. Take the vision I'm giving you, write it down so that you can share it with a whole bunch of people. And that's why every single year we come in to say, what is God speaking for this house? Cool, write it down. Because here's the deal, you gotta remember it, right? You gotta remember this as we step into this year. We can tell others as new people are coming in, what is this house about, man? We are about seeing unchurched people come to know Jesus Christ. That is the mission of this house. But here's the deal, you are come, you've stepped through these doors in a year where we are believing for revival. We're believing for a move of God like we've never seen before not just here, in here. We are believing for revival to happen right here in every single one of our lives. It's not this outward thing that you see people running around this building. If that happens, praise God. But what we want to see in this house is revival here. God just doing some amazing things. So as we look forward, what I want to do to start us off here today is I want to look backwards. This last year, in 2021, remnant was the word, remaining a, uh, a faithful and committed people, living by conviction to carry the gospel. A few of the niches that we looked at this past year, one was Tanzania, and we, we talk about it in here all the time, but the coffee beans uh, we use in our coffee truck is sourced from Tanzania. We roast them inside of there. We bag them. All the coffees you buy are literally... From that bean, they're roasting it, or they are uh, making all the lattes from it. But it, it, we're taking 10% of those funds and giving it back towards these mission endeavors in Tanzania. But the key thing that we did this last year, it's the first time we stepped in to actually do something specific in Tanzania, was what we did in August called Chosen, where 156 kids are sponsored right now in Tanzania. Uh, and we were, that's the first step inside of this journey. We're going to talk about more of what we're going to do. I'll show, we're going to show a video in just a second. But that was the first thing we did with Tanzania. Another thing we talked about this past year um, we were going to be doing was uh, Pearl Street University. Pearl Street University is everybody in our church, the next steps for everybody growing in discipleship. PSU is what we call it. You got next steps, fundamentals, then you get into the life of the church. So this past year, we started church nights is a key thing that we did where we're activating individuals, whether it's worship coming in, man, we worship God, right? We're going to throw our hands up towards God far before we throw our hands up towards man. Just always remember that if you were like this person at the Spurs game, you might want to be that person in whenever it comes to church, because uh, those guys are doing something meaningless, that is not eternal, we come in here to praise a God that has done something eternally for us. So always remember that. Just keep careful. Okay, cool. All good in the hood. Uh, not, I don't have any haters like you, you know, whatever. Uh, just remember that. Um, but we, uh, we, we are moving people along with that. So we, we have praise, we have worship nights. Another thing we do is uh, groups. We'll come in, all break into groups, spiritual content. We grow in our faith through community, not through isolation. God never, Jesus never called people to isolation. He called them to community. So you can't, oh, my, my pastor is Stephen Furtick. He's not your pastor. You don't live in short, Charlotte, North Carolina. He ain't your pastor. My pastor is Joe Osteen. You don't live in Houston. You live in San Antonio. They ain't your pastor, okay? Your pastor is where you are at. You are committed. You are faithfully giving to, serving at. You're in community, loving on people. That's your. So we do it in community. So we're building community and relationship. The other part is spiritual activation. We literally want people, you as the body of Christ. Our responsibility as pastors and leaders is to equip you to do the work of the ministry. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted in American culture. You're not here to attend, here to, here to the buffet just to receive. You are here to cook it up for other people to get it, right? We're here to be active in the process, right? Church isn't something we do. It's, it's who we are. We are the church, the body of Christ. So we step through these doors to do spiritual activation. Whether we grab some anointing oil or we lick our fingers, we're going to lay our hands and pray for each other. 
right? We're going to be in here believing, prophetically speaking over each other. We're going to be in here spiritually activating, right? There's a lot that we do. We've got uh, uh, different team initiatives. We can go out and serve inside of the community. A lot that we do within the PSU realm in order to activate inside of our community. We, we try to get as many people that are attenders to go from the outside looking in to the inside leading out. That is what our mission and our goal is with the church, right? Why is that? Because if you're not serving inside of this church, you're just going to be a you're just going to be an awesome person. That's not you're building your kingdom and not God's. More than likely, right? You'll get really apathetic inside of your faith. You're going to get negative Nancy or whatever whatever judgmental Joe. That's a good one. I like that. One. Negative Nancy or judgmental Joe and all of a sudden it's going to be your ideas above the mission of the house. And we just like to send people to other churches that become that. Like, hey, there's a lot of other great churches. God bless you. We love you. Bye. 450. Love you. Uh, so moving on. <laughs> then, uh, so we do that inside of our church. Uh, that's PSU. That's that world. One thing we said this year we were going to do was uh, an online church. I was pushing for like, man, the church the way it is, man, we need to make this online experience. I got halfway into it and I was like, yeah, that's not good because we're going to encourage people to stay home. And we don't want to do that because community, discipleship happens in community. So we upgraded our service, our online experience, but we didn't push for an online church. So that was one difference that we made this past year. And we are pushing for people to, if you have to stay home and watch it, awesome. But if you don't, for some good reason, be in church, right? In community, in relationship. Uh, so that was a shift that we did this past year. Another thing is kingdom builders. We started kingdom builders. Those that are in our church that are giving over and above. We had one night that we came together, shared vision for the, the future, and individuals signed up to go over and above in their tithes and offerings to give towards the future of the church. So we started kingdom builders. We're going to continue to develop that. We didn't do all of what we wanted to do with it. It's a work in progress, but we're going to get that rolling. Um, and then the last thing was the building. We talked about the future. Now, at this time last year, we were talking about a building that was to come. And here today, we stand where we've purchased a 63,000 square foot building. We have purchased a lot across the street. And um, the future of Pearl Street Church is incredibly bright because of the faithfulness, amen, of the house. So this last year... Um, our church gave $270,000 towards uh, the future of our house. We've been given for the last three years. So over the last three years, we gave $632,882.27 towards the future of our house. Now, what does that mean? That means that whenever we bought the building, we had to do a down payment of 20%. All that just came out of that. When we bought this lot, we had a down payment of like 80-something thousand. With that, it all just comes out of that. So today, when it comes to the future of the house because of the obedience of this house, owners in this house, we have never had to take out of the general fund of the church in order to do that. We stand today like super good financially as we move into the future. And here's the deal. We're going to definitely go into that with the renovation. <laughs> it's definitely going to be needed, right? So we got some things that are going to happen. Now, here's the deal. I, I question myself sometimes on throwing numbers out there. I will always share numbers with you guys. Because if you're a part of this church, you're going to be a part of something. You're part of something that's doing big things. And if you can't handle big numbers, more than likely your God's not big enough for the big things he wants to do through this house. Come on. Come on. So when I say numbers inside of here, our God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Amen. Amen. Facebook and Google have billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. 
We're just talking about a little bit of that. So don't get twisted, all right? And don't start tripping. You're going to be in this house for the big things God's doing. We're going to talk big numbers inside of here. Well, they're big to me. I mean, they may be small to you, but they're big to me. And if they're small to you, let's have a conversation, okay? <laughs> right after this service, actually. Let's have that conversation, and maybe your small numbers can be big things for us. Amen. <laughs> Uh, so we have that, and, and so, so it's just incredible what God is doing for the future of this house. Now, every year, we're pushing forward. We want to move forward. This year, there's, there's less of, like, intricate things that we're going to do, uh, and we're going to focus really honing in on discipleship, the, the area of, like, how are we growing each generation? How are we moving in? How are we accomplishing this? I've been telling my daughters lately, or I was just talking to them this past weekend, like, uh, talk is cheap. The world isn't built by those who talk. The world is built by those who do it, right? The church isn't built by those that talk about it. The church is built by those that do it, right? Pearl Street Church shows up every single week, and we're building the community. We're building the church, right? We're making the hard decisions. We're sacrificing. I always say it around here, man. Uh, great things aren't built. Uh, our great things are built through sacrifice. Where you find sacrifice, there you will find growth. And that's the beauty of it. A lot of people want to sit back and be like, no, it's too much. No, 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 no. This is what it is. Let's get on board and make it happen, right? God will work out all the details. Let's go. Let's sacrifice, and let's make the big God thing happen. And so um, uh, big thing I've been telling them later, talk is cheap. And, like, you can talk about what you can do in gymnastics, but I want to see you get out there, and I want to see you do the roll. I want to see you do the rings. I want to see you walk across that balance beam because talk is cheap. And like, yes, daddy. <laughs> so what do we get the whole time that we're there, Heather and I were sitting up in the balcony overwatching. The whole time, Brindley's like, Bobby. <laughs> they're just looking at us the whole time because they were just trying to show us what's up. The church is built by those that do it. Our community is doers. So we got a few things we're going to be doing this year, and I could talk about all of it, but I'm going to put it in, in the hands of those that are inside of our church community that are going to make it happen. Let's check out Pastor Faith and Pastor Greg, and then my crazy self on the back end. We have thought out some ways to stay connected to the next generation we have been entrusted with and their families. We are not a one-generational church. We are a multi-generational church. We're continuously striving to think of ways to see our children, teens, and young adults go before us where our ceilings become their floors, where they have no limits to what they can do because of the values and authentic faith that has been instilled in them. So, Parent Q, 936. 936 is the estimated number of weeks we have with our children from birth until high school graduation when they move on. We believe that when we see how much time we have left, we tend to do a little more with the time that we have now. Parent Q are nights where we can gather together, meet families who are on the same journey and walk away, not only feeling encouraged, but knowing that you are equipped with practical and spiritual tools that you need. So lead small. We all hope for an opportunity to do something big in our lifetime, to make a big change. Well, we believe the biggest things are truly accomplished when you are consistent and doing something small. Lead Small is a ministry tool that will help in developing our youth, young adults, even you and I, to connect our faith with a few in our community. These nights will teach us how to step in and do for a few what we wish we could do for many. 
student takeover. Okay, an entire weekend dedicated to NextGen. We want to build towards one big student takeover service to cap off the school year. A weekend where kids are leading from every platform you see on a Sunday. This day will be accompanied with baptisms, youth to young adult mentorship, and kids focus on serving the house. Studies show that 70% of our students lose their faith in high school. That's a problem for us. So at Student Takeover, we want our children and youth to know they do not have to wait to be great. They can use their gifts and talents now inside of the local church. What's up, Pearl Street Church? This is Pastor Greg. I'm so excited that one of our initiatives for 2022 is discipleship. The Bible tells us in Psalms 92, 13, that those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. So let's get rooted and see all that God has in store for us. First focus is open house. Our mission here at Pearl Street Church is to lead the unchurched into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. One of the ways that we do this is through open house. At open house, we wanna share our story, but we wanna hear your story. We want you to know, but also to be known. We believe the greatest strength of our church is you. You are uniquely created for a purpose, and we would love to discover and partner with you in living out this purpose. Open House is designed to help you become an owner and to take you from the outside looking in and to the inside leading out. We don't want anything from you, but we want everything for you. This two-week class awakens our lives so we can make a difference in all spheres of life. So our goal for 2022 is 180 new people to become owners, to lead inside our house and inside their world. Second focus is we're excited to announce that in the fall of 2022, we will be launching Pearl Street Tables. It's our desire as a church to have everyone growing because healthy things grow. Through Pearl Street Tables, our goal is for you to be healthy and whole, mind, body, and spirit. We understand that following Jesus isn't limited to a class or to a weekend service. It's a process of knowing Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. We believe that community plays a vital role in this transformation. And this transformation happens at a table. Growth with Jesus happens when we share our lives with others. So don't do life alone. Let's be built to last. Let tables be a place to help you build your faith in Jesus and grow in a relationship with others. Let's be committed to let revival happen at our table. All right, church, Tanzania, this incredible place inside of the world. Now, Heather had a dream 20 years ago and we knew out of this dream that we would be doing ministry at some point in time in Africa. Fast forward 16 years, praying over our global missions, what it's gonna look like, where can we impart and impact someplace on the globe. Tanzania hits my heart in the middle of this prayer time. Now, I'll tell you the truth, I didn't know where it was. Uh, I had no clue what it was about, but look, to no surprise, whenever I looked up the word Tanzania, it was in Africa. And that moment in time, I'm like, oh, this is God, this is so cool. So we've started the journey this past year and partying in or, and, and doing something in Tanzania. We started literally with roasting beans inside of our coffee truck uh, to give a taste of the place before we ever get to meet the people. But the cool thing is this last year, partnering with World Vision, we've been able to impart in some kids. 156 kids are sponsored now today because our church has stepped in. 
Now, we want to continue to do this, and we're not going to let anything hold us back, Omicron, Delta, whatever it may be, whatever variant may come with this COVID madness. We're going to move forward as a church to make an impact in the world. And so we're going to, this next year, we're going to get boots on the ground. That's the hope. We're going to get boots on the ground. We're still pending an approval in July to get some boots on the ground. But if we can't get boots on the ground, we're still going to push to bring clean water to this place to empower some kids. They don't have to walk, you know, multiple different miles to go grab water, but it'll be present right there inside of their community. They can save time for them to be in school, getting educated to improve their life. Uh, Beyond that, what we're going to do is we're going to put some packs together, uh, some medical supplies that can give towards birthing moms to increase the mortality rate from you know, one in every five kids have a survivability to three out of every five babies to have survivability simply by us giving a $5 medical pack, which is absolutely incredible. Another thing we want to do this next year is we want to strategically come together with all of our 156 kids that we're sponsoring and put some gift bags together for them to send and bless them and encourage them, um, lift their heads in the middle of the the world that they're living in. and, And hopefully, Uh, with all of that to let them know that, man, there's a whole bunch of people on the other side of the globe that they may not know, they may never met, but there's people that are thinking about them, believing in their best, and uh, uh, have a heart to say, you know what, if God's blessing us, we want to be people to bless the world. So come on, church, let's be that. Let's be individuals that operate from a life of blessing to allow that blessing to flow through us to bless others. Amen. Now, here's the deal. Uh, literally, the night after this, I got a call from World Vision. They're like, there's no way that you're going to uh, Tanzania. And I was like, awesome. I just did a video saying that we're going to try to get boots on the ground. We are pending our approval. Uh, so I was like, well, I just, I just got to say it after the video. Now, here's the deal. The reason why is we're Americans. They are not vaccinated. So you're, you could come into our country and bring something with you and you could kill multiple people inside of our community. There's no way that we're allowing you guys in until we get fully up to speed on all the vaccinations and everything else like that. And I said, that's 100% under, uh, understandable. So what we're going to do is we're going to push for the water and the medical packs and the gift bags. And that's what we're going to do. We're going to part. We finally, you know, we now have the partnership with the people that are boots on the ground on uh, in Tanzania. So it, it helps on knowing exactly what that need is. So that's what we are doing. Now, here's the deal. Anybody ever been catfished before? Anybody been catfished before? Oh, wow, right here. It's always in the front row. Last service is in the front row. It's a guy just waving his hand like, it's horrible, it's horrible. I was like, kudos to you, right? <laughs> now, here's the deal. We are all catfished every single day, a little bit different terminology, spin on the terminology through advertisement. Come on, the burger never looks like what you actually get, right? You got to pay at least $50 a plate in order to get the advertisement to look like what actually hits the table, right? That is life. The funny thing is, is like, this is kind of the sentiment or like the idea that Paul is communicating to Timothy, a young pastor, when he's talking about the end times. We've all been in those places where it's like, this isn't that. But we've also been on the other side of it where it was like, that was not this. Y'all undersold this big time. A key thing was Santorini. When we showed up in Santorini, Heather and I, I looked out across that, looked at the volcano in the middle. I was like, oh, this is what's up. The pictures don't do it justice. You got to get there and see it, smell, taste, all this stuff. So there's both sides of the coin. But Paul would indicate to a young Timothy, and this is really the heart of this, uh, this is really the scripture and the heart of this next year revival and what we're looking at. 
the scripture would talk about this. And just think about it in the context of the times in which we live in. And just know the end times have been happening since the day Jesus was resurrected. So we've been at this for 2,000 years now. End times, right, is a, is a snippet. Time is a snippet in the world of, of God. He is timeless. We live in, in finite time. So Paul speaking to uh, a young pastor, he'd say this, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days, there will be very difficult times for people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Nothing sacred. That's an interesting little statement there. Nothing sacred. Uh, they will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. Interesting society we live in here today. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Interesting in society today. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. Interesting society we live in here today. They will act religious. But they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Let me just read it a little different. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. They will be catfishes, but rejecting the power that could actually make them the advertisement. Stay away from people like that. The last days will be full of chaos and turmoil and struggle and pain. What is this power? Well, the whole point of why the presence of God came, we read it last week if you were here, I think it's in John 16 where he would say the Holy Spirit has come to convict, reveal, convict us, reveal our sin that humanity would repent from their way and turn towards God. What is this saying? In the last days, people will reject that power that is present, very present to convict the sin and get us to turn towards God that we could live a godly life. Revival is the word for this year. Revival, revival starting in us. Let's look at the definition of revival. Revival would, would, uh, would go like this. An act or an instance of reviving, obviously, the state of being revived such as, and one of them underneath here in the definition is, a period of renewed religious interest. Renewed religious interest. Revival, man, oh, this act, man, this reinterest in something. You know, you, see, you can see inside of, uh, of Scripture where like a man, Gideon, Judges 6, if you look inside of this book, Gideon, the book of Judges is a story on the Jewish people where they would find, they would constantly, right? God gives them the promised land. They move into the promised land. God says, hey, just completely own this space in this place. But then they begin to live next to the Canaanites. The Canaanites had false gods. So the, the Jewish people would step in and they would compromise their faith. They were not a remnant. They would compromise their faith. They would dishonor God in the process, and God would allow destruction on them. And then they're like, oh, they got to have this great revelation. You get Judges 6. You see in this story where a man, Gideon, where is he found? He's found in the bottom of the pit. I talk about this a lot. But an individual that God had to speak identity into his life. And once God spoke identity into his life, miracles happened. He's like, wow, this is incredible. What does Gideon do? What does he do? He has a reviving in his faith. 
that all of a sudden he runs with passion towards God. You know what the first thing Gideon does is? My God is in control. He goes and tears down all the Asherah poles and he's like, hey, I'm setting up an altar towards God. There's a revival in his spirit where he's like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go, man, I'm, I'm all in now. I don't care what happens to me. Kill me, whatever you wanna do. I'm tearing down these false gods and I'm setting up an altar for the one true. There's a reviving on the inside of his life and here's the deal. The power of God is here to reveal how jacked up we are. The presence of God is to reveal, convict in us. Where are we off with God? Do we have the courage as, the, as Pearl Street Church to say, hey, we got passion. We are good. Hey, I, 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 I struggle even saying this here because I want to be clear inside here. I'm not saying that we, we, we don't have passion for God and man, we're not, we're not moving forward inside of our faith. What I'm saying for this year, God wants to do something unique to reveal his power like we've never seen before. Not just like when we gather and it's like, boom, and all of a sudden we're like there's a cloud that sits on us and we can physically see the kind of glory and we're like, oh my God. But I'm talking about individually in this passionate pursuit where God is moving inside of our lives where all of a sudden we're like, my God is so real. Man, he is at work. He's in the details of my life. And man... He's exposing where I'm off. It's like when, when you, you get in that love relationship and you're like, oh, I got this conviction that this isn't good enough. I got to change. I got to move. I got to shift. I got to do something differently, man. I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing to give up all of this because I want all of that. Yeah. It's, that's the, the, the spirit in which I'm saying that in. And here's the deal. The revival is not this big outward expression. It's happening in us. Then God wants to do it here on the inside of us. Think about that time whenever you read a scripture and you said, oh man, I am off. I'm off. And you, you didn't sit back and say, you know what? But that's okay. I'm good. I can be off. I'm justified in this. Was the last time you read it and you're like, oh, man, God, you've wrecked my heart. I'm unworthy of your love. And God, would you shift in me? Would you change me? Would you help me, God? Would you turn me from my selfish way here? I'm so self-absorbed in this world. Why turn me? And you literally turned. You said, man, I'm repenting of that. You had the courage to say, I am not God. I, I mean, something fascinating. You read in 1 Kings, 9, uh, 1 Kings like 18, somewhere around in there. It says this multiple times over. This is a time in the land of Israel where they had no king. It's a phenomenal statement if you take that in context, because it says that it was a time when they had no king, so everybody did what was right in their own sight. And what I'm afraid of in our generation is we're living in a time where there is no king. King Jesus should be on the throne of our lives. That is El Jefe, King Jesus says, this is living then man does what El Jefe, King Jesus, says, as opposed to, I'm on the throne, I am king, there is no king, and I go about doing what I want to do. We're going to do a whole series probably on it, but I, I, it just flowed in, worked. Are we living in a land with no king? Are you, is your heart a land that has no king? Because if your heart is a land that has a king, when the king shows up to convict, there's repentance 
and moving in a direction that this would be would indicate, man, the power showing up and that power's purpose is to make you godly. It's to make us godly, that we move in a direction. The whole reason the Israelites in the desert, they had Egypt in them, Mount Sinai, God speaks to Moses. He comes down with tablets, 10 commandments. This is what he says. If you do this, then I will bless you. God doesn't say, if you do whatever you want, then I will bless you. God says, if you do this, I've made it clear, it's 10 commandments, then I will bless you. It was clear direction. You've got to move from you and you've got to move towards me. And when you move towards me, I have an expectation. And that expectation may not be your feelings, your emotions, your, your, your belief system that you found on YouTube or wherever it may have been maybe passed down generationally through bad beliefs, but you come to the truth. So moving on, let me j- jump down in, in, in 2 Timothy, because Paul further indicates, okay, this godliness. Verse number 12, he says this, yes, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Let me just talk very quickly on that. Jesus is the only one that is hated in our culture today. Why? Because he is the only one that has the power. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. I'm going into the grave. I'm coming back out. Death has no sting on me, and that's the same thing that we have. Death has no sting. There's eternal life. Now, Buddha, Gandhi, whatever else you want to do, chakras and everything else in between, it's all madness, good ideas, but not God ideas. They don't end in the same place. They end in live a good life, get your energy right, that you be positive. You know, it's all this... They're good ideas, but it's not God. They're good, but they're not God. So that's why Jesus is the only one hated. You can do whatever you want because whatever those other things are is not, has no power. If you believe in Jesus Christ, though, now you, you got an issue because the, 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 the king of this world, right, the, the Satan, Lucifer, cast out of heaven because he tried to elevate himself above God. He wanted the praise and not God. That guy, sound familiar? We want the praise, not God. Lucifer, same ideas at, at work and culture today. Us, not him. Our lives, not his, not his will, ours, right? All, the reality, you can believe in whatever you want to believe, but Jesus Christ is the problem because he has the power to kick the devil upside the head. No other belief system has power. Jesus Christ has the power. All other belief systems are good ideas. So that's the problem when it comes to Jesus Christ. So moving on, verse number 13, it says this, but evil people are imposters and will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true. For you know you can trust those who taught you. Going on, it says you have been taught the Holy Scripture from childhood. And they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. Trusting in Christ Jesus. Not trusting in anything else, trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true. You want to know what truth is in the midst of a world of misinformation? Read the Bible. You want to know what truth is in the midst of a world of misinformation? Cut yourself off from the misinformation. (laughs) Probably be good, right? 
So long as you're tuned in, you can be deceived. We can be deceived. We can be manipulated, right? Our emotions can be played upon. Reading the Bible, the truth, and it says this, and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right, right? The word of God does that. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us what to do is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do what? Every good work. So in the last days, there's going to be a form of catfishes out there, but not the reality, right? There's going to be false advertisement, but people that reject the power that bring godliness. Well, the word of God is revealing and convicting what is true. And in this truth, it is empowering us to become godly so that we can do the good works that God has called us to do. Makes sense. This year is a year of not rejecting the power, right? You got, God has done some incredible things for you. He's lifted the weight of sin off of you. Praise God for that. But this is a year to say, you know what? We're not satisfied with the status quo. We want to go deeper. We want to cry out, God, revealing us where we are off, revealing us where we have become apathetic in our faith, revealing us where we have lost our passion, revealing us where we have allowed circumstances and situations to hurt us. And now the reaction out of that is sinful behaviors. May your power be received and may I have the courage to repent so that my life can move in godliness so I can do the good work you've laid out for me to do. I'll tell you, if revival starts in us, we'll see revival in this church. And if there's revival in us and revival in this church, man, there's going to be revival in this city. I'm not saying other churches aren't doing it. I'm just saying this is what God wants to do in us this year. Do we have the courage to go next level. I love this story, and I'll read it quickly. I love this story, and it was, uh, it's a story of um, a professor that took his students over to the UK to look at some, let me see here if I got it right here. Oh, there we go. 1940, it says this, in 1940, Pastor J. Edwin Orr of Wheaton University led a group of uh, theology students to England where they visited sites of great revivalists. One of their stops was at uh, Epworthy Rectory. The rectory now serves as a Methodist museum, but it was formerly the home of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist um, denomination the famous reformer who led a wave of spiritual renewal in the 1700s and founded the Methodist movement. A man of prayer, Wesley interceded for revival to sweep through England and spread to America. Dr. Orr pointed out two worn places on the carpet next to Wesley's bed where the man knelt for hours in prayer each day, crying out for revival. And as history tells us, that's exactly what happened. Heaven broke in, and revival broke out. As the tour concluded, the students loaded the bus after counting them or noticed one was missing. He returned to the house and eventually located the lost student in Wesley's bedroom, kneeling on the worn impressions where Wesley had formally prayed for revival. The student was repeatedly pleading, 
do it again, Lord, do it again. And would you do it again with me? Placing his hand on the young man's shoulder, Orr said, son, it's time to leave. Everyone's on the bus. The student slowly rose. Then the young man, the young man, Billy Graham, joined the rest of his class. And through him, God did it again. One man in one generation. We get this time on earth right now. This is our moment in time. We don't get to choose, I wish we could go back to the 20s. I wish we could go back to the 1400s. I wish we could go back. Your prayer should be, God, thank you for sending me now. Our prayer is, God, you have sent us in such a time as this. You could put us at any time in history, but for some reason you saw me and my story and my gifts and my talents for such a time as this. Will I not reject that power that makes me godly? Would I not reject that power that lights me up and sends me out? Would I not reject that power that breaks into me so it breaks out of me? Would I not reject that power that, man, I move forward? My prayer for us this year, man, oh, that we see God break in like nobody's business. It is powerful, tangible. That we want to move with it. We want to groove with it. We want to like see people know it. We want to help people come to know. We want to ah, break out in us, God. Break in, break out of us. We want to see you do some incredible things through us. You know, there's somebody inside of our church, and you think about the future of our church, you know, the building, it's incredible. Yes, it's a big thing, but man, big is relative. Big is absolutely relative. You know, this happened just recently where it just blew my, blew my world up. You know, Natalie has a story and something she's lived this past year, and if you know it, you know it. If you don't, you're going to hear it. But she's walked through a lot this past year, and our church has helped walk through this journey. But let me just let her tell in her words what God placed on her heart to do for the future of Pearl Street Church. Check out Natalie's story. Hey, Pearl Street Church. My name is Natalie Martinez. I've been coming to Pearl Street since 2017. Both my husband and I love this place. He served in safety, I served in kids. He built things for the church, he was painting. He was just constantly doing things and excited about what project he could work on next for the church. Um, recently, last year in 2021, Roger passed away from COVID. It was definitely the most devastating thing that has ever happened to me. I didn't know this at the time. Roger had a life insurance policy and it wasn't for much. It was for $20,000. And in the process of waiting for that, not knowing really what was gonna happen, how I was gonna be able to go back to my small business and run that and be a mom and a single parent without Roger, I felt like I wanted to do everything I could to honor his life and his legacy. And so when I received this check for $20,000, I came to the place where I thought I could use this money and I could invest it into my home or something with my business so that I could see a return, so that I could be secure financially, not only for myself, but for my son. But in the process of thinking about how to use this money, I felt led by God to, to do something that I didn't really even think of before, but I decided that it, it was gonna be better suited for building God's kingdom. And with this new building, 
This is something that Roger and I have been so excited about from the inception of even hearing about it. It was something that he was all in for. He did so many things at church. He helped with the coffee truck. He painted um, different things in the church. Like there's bits and pieces of Roger embedded all over Pearl Street Church. And I love that. And I didn't want to leave Pearl Street Church, the old building behind, and those pieces of Roger behind. I wanted Roger's legacy to continue in the new building. And this was a, a way to do that. So I decided to donate the full amount of the $20,000 into the Fearless campaign because not only do we believe in Pearl Street Church, but we believe in everything that we're doing here today. Roger is not here, but yet his legacy lives on, not only through the things that he did, but the life that he lived, his faith. Now we're able to see his family, my family, they're actually coming to church. They're excited, they're saved. This opportunity for me to be obedient with what God's placed in my hands was so crucial. And this is gonna benefit not only my family and Roger's family, but it's gonna benefit generations of people to come. Not only your family, but the families that your children are gonna have. And I truly believe that Pearl Street Church is making a huge impact in San Antonio. And that's just gonna create a chain reaction for so many other people. People we don't even know at the moment, but we will know someday. And we will know their stories and how God has moved through their lives. I think I just have so much hope because there's so much more and Roger's not even here and yet he's still inspiring people, including me and my son, to continue living for Jesus and just being obedient with every single thing that he's placed in our hands. Amen. Crazy. Now if you're new, man, just you got to understand the level of sacrifice that has gone in over the past seven and three quarters years. Like you've walked into a place on people that have laid a foundation. I've said it every single year though. Who has built it to this point is going to continue to build it. But who's going to jump on team and say, I'm building for the future. She literally said, I'm taking the life of a man that loved this place, and I'm giving what is considered life insurance for the future of those lives that are going to be transformed. What a legacy. What a legacy. Revival starts here, though. It starts in us. If revival starts in us and it breaks out in us, man, it can break out anywhere. It's the beauty of what we will see God do. So we're giving away these pins and these magnets, but what do we want you to do? Pin them on yourself. Put it in a place that you constantly see it so that revival, it's a reminder to you, revival's got to break out in me. If revival breaks out inside of me, revival's going to break out every, everywhere I go. It happens in me. I got to receive the power of God, the presence of God to convict and reveal in me. I got to repent from the things that are out of alignment so I can get right with godliness and move in the direction of seeing his church built. The church isn't built by those who talk about it. The church is built by those who do it, right? We're not a church, a church of catfishes. We're not a church of good advertisement. We're a church of people living it, walking in it, truly allowing the power of God to make us godly. 
So, man, in the spirit of Natalie saying, man, let's go all in. Let's give and let's be a part of the future. You got time, you got talent, you got treasure. I'm not asking you today, give money. But would you give yourself to the, the mission of Pearl Street Church? If this is your house, commit yourself to say, revival break out in me, God. So what I'm a part of, revival is breaking out in. Amen. If we see the flags and the, the Jericho marches, that may be what happened. Who knows? But what I'm really looking for is a house of committed individuals that are moving in righteousness and godliness. That, man, we're seeing love flow out, mercy flow out. We're meeting people in brokenness. We're meeting people in pain. We're, we're celebrating with people as God is moving in this incredible way. We're like, we're living what we talk. Yeah. say, talk is cheap, right? Talk is cheap. Let's be that, amen? You want to stand up to your feet today? Let's pray. God, we come to you today, Lord. Would revival break out us in us, Jesus? God, I ask you to send your presence into our lives, God, in the obscure places at obscure times, not in these high emotional times, but God, in these, these small, still places, God, where we are fully in tune. And Lord, as you speak, in our quiet place, your word says, when I speak in the quiet, shout it from the rooftops. God, would we be a people that have time and a place that you can speak? We have margin in our lives, God, that we can slow it down, that you can speak directly to us. And our lives can, remove, can move in repentance. God, forgive us today for where we are off, where our lives are out of alignment, God, where we've allowed bad behaviors, bad ideas, bad beliefs to slip into our lives, God. And today... We're out of alignment with what you consider righteous. Convict us. Forgive us, God. Father, we run hard after you. May we see your power like never before in our lives, in our church. And God, we pray that we would see it inside of our city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.